How you doing, everybody? It's Jordan. It's Will. It is Load the Box on a... I think I post these on Thursdays. Puyo called off-season content. While Super Bowls are won, uh, me and Will are hydrated and ready to go. As there are seven Minnesota Vikings above me that I'm kind of realizing now the graphic I made looks like a staircase ascending upward. Um, and of course, passive-aggressively, I made Kirk Cousins the bottom step. So uh, the Vikings the Vikings now, as we enter this Super Bowl week, which first we got to get past the Pro Bowl, and then it's the Super Bowl. We'll talk about the, the Super Bowl next week. Um, Vikings now have seven, count them, seven uh, active roster members that made the Pro Bowl. I will list them very quickly. Kirk Cousins, Zadarius Smith, TJ Hawkinson, Dalvin Cook, Andrew DePaula. Uh, that is the, the bald guy right about here who you don't know who it is. Uh, Daniil Hunter, and of course, the man, the myth, and the legend. Pay him all the money like we alluded to on, I think, Tuesday is when that video went up. Justin Flippin Jefferson. Um... As you can see by the title, we're talking about people who got snubbed and, and also, I think, bragging on some of these guys that deserve it. And I'm going to kick us off, and I'm sorry that I'm talking for too long to start this show. Coke Cousins, this is the first season I've seen him in the Pro Bowl, and I've said, you're gosh dang right. Coke Cousins is a Pro Bowler. That man played his hind in off this season, and he absolutely deserves to be a Pro. I don't even think he was an alternate. I think it was like him, Geno, and there was another quarterback whose name is escaping me. Yep. But he was just in. Yeah, uh, like there was there was a third one uh, that got elected. Hurts. Yes, thank you. And Jalen Hurts. And those were the three best quarterbacks in the NFC this season. And Kirk Cousins, I think, was a solid number two to Jalen Hurts this year. What a year from, from Kirk. Do you have someone in this list besides Kirk that you feel that strongly about? I mean, besides Justin Jefferson. Um, oh, oh, do you just want to – do you want to get on this Kirk Cousins soapbox with me? There's room for two. Oh, I, I will gladly jump on the Kirk Cousins soapbox. Um, I think we should spend a decent amount of time on him just considering how great of a season he had. Yes. I mean, I mean what the other guys had good seasons, obviously, as well. But um, I, I'm just quick looking here. You know, go ahead and, and talk more about Kirk Cousins. I want to I I dig, dig up a little bit more on the uh, Pro Bowl rosters because with Jalen Hurts playing in the Super Bowl, I'm not sure if that slots – uh, that will slot Geno Smith into the starter position, I believe. Oh, um, really? Based, based on what I'm seeing here on NFL.com, it doesn't necessarily mean that it was one, two, three, but the bullet points are Jalen, Geno, Kirk. So I think that means Geno Smith is starting the Pro Bowl for the NFC. Um, strange. I, I very, <laughs> very strongly disagree. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. The Geno story is a cool one, you know, to go from the Jets to the Giants and then find himself backing up Russ Wilson and then finding himself in the playoffs, uh, playing really well this season for Seattle. I mean, uh, let's yep. let's not act like this was a defense backpacking a backup. No, this was a Dude. very good quarterback. So, um, and same thing. Can, the I, I don't want to say the opposite can be said for Cousins, but like this season for Cousins really was like. We won games because of Cousins, and like we gave him time to throw the ball, and we found ourselves late in games with an opportunity to go down the field and win the game, and Cousins went down the field and won every game until the playoffs, but I still blame Kevin O'Connell for that, and I'll go to my grave saying that. Uh, TJ Hawkinson should have been past the sticks. That's This is show's second catch phase now, I guess, but... Um, I, I just I, I can't brag on brag on Cousins enough this season. I'm still not sure what you do with this contract. 
tune into you know the show we posted a couple of days ago uh for more intake or for more takes on on cousins and his deal and everything but i will say one name that like kind of stands out here to me is zadarius smith feels like you can tell that they do pro bowl voting before the season ends because zadarius was like really good and then he stopped being good like he just disappeared yeah. once he once he banged yeah. his knee up um do you have any do you have any thoughts on that or just any snubs that you think need to be talked about? Well, I mean, if we're gonna talk about snubs, I think we should start with I mean, let's just call it out for what it is. I think Kirk Cousins being a backup to Geno Smith is a snub. Yeah. Um, a lot of that is just the reality of the uh I mean, because fans vote for Pro Bowl stuff too, right? You know, fans obviously have a vote in this stuff and fans don't like Kirk Cousins for a variety of reasons. They don't like politics they don't like his lack of covid shot they don't like how dorky and dad he is they don't like how just straight up minnesotan he is and you know there's a lot of things about him that people choose not to like um as well as you know his sort of you know vanilla look when he's on a football field but the dude the dude willed a horrific defense to 13 wins Say all you want about Justin Jefferson. He deserves to be an MVP candidate. He deserves every single accolade that he got and that he will get. And I think he's going to win Offensive Player of the Year. But Kirk Cousins is the one who delivered the ball to him. Kirk Cousins is the one that <clears throat> took the snaps under center, led eight game-winning drives. Um, obviously, a lot of things have to go right to have eight fourth-quarter comebacks um 10 comebacks on the season i think maybe 11 um but kurt cousins is the ship is the is the captain that drove this ship yeah and this team does not have 13 wins without him this team does not have the type of season regardless of what pff says this team does not beat indianapolis without him and yeah. that crazy 33 point comeback and so there was just, I mean, we're talking about Pro Bowl. We're talking about the All-Star Game. We're talking about highlights. Who had more highlights this year? I think it was Kirk, Dad, Bod, Cousins, and the Minnesota Vikings. It wasn't Geno Smith. So nope. if you want to see some Kirk to Justin Magic, take out Geno and just let Kirk cook. Let's just have some fun with it. Can you imagine Kirk and, and Justin just effing around in a flag football game? That'd be some fun. <laughs> so, not, to, um, not to sound too much like a, like a very popular podcast that won't be named, but I'm going to throw some Kirk Cousins shade just so I can throw some shade at some other people. Uh, that would be the first time Kirk Cousins ever threw with Justin Jefferson in the offseason. Eh, you know, that, that whole whatever. I'm sure, I'm sure that there was somebody legitimately that will have that take, and I, I'm so sorry for ruining it for you whenever they have that take, but that's an awful take to have. That's just an awful take to have. I want to talk about the fact that, like, I like what you said, how he's the captain of the ship. Because if you think of it as a Viking ship, where, like, you know, those people rowing on the sides, then I think it's kind of fitting that two of the biggest snubs, in my opinion, are snubs because of health and injury yes. and stuff like that. Brian O'Neill and the left tackle who's Nick Christian Darasol that was almost embarrassing for me um Christian Darasol Brian O'Neill off the show I and I would have deserved it I would have walked off the set um Christian Darasol and Brian O'Neill I feel like kind of got snubbed you can say it's because Darasol missed a few games also Darasol's a rookie and I feel like Darasol had the unfortunate 
Oh, did I? I meant to say as a rookie, he had the Ah. unfortunate, uh, I don't like circumstance, I guess, of there was the rookie tackle for the Chargers who played out of his mind like all seasons. Rashawn Slater. Yes. Slater played incredible. And so all of the national media ate up. Oh my gosh. This left tackle in the big city of Los Angeles who has three fans come to their home games. We're going to push him to the moon. And then Christian Darosaw comes out and plays like maybe the best left tackle in football. And it's crickets because it's, it happened in the Midwest. God forbid yeah. we have a good offensive lineman. So I think that Christian Darosaw's day is coming. I think he will start getting yeah, all pro absolutely. nods if he can continue to play the way he played this season. Cause that man was bullying people all season. And then of course, Brian O'Neill, um, we kind of discussed this about how I thought he was, a, I thought he might be an alternate if he didn't have the Achilles injury, but he did. Yeah. And so he doesn't get that alternate status, but he probably also could have been just a regular pro bowler. If, if he played for the giants, Stephen A. Smith would be talking about him as one of the best tackles in football, but he has to play for the lowly Midwest Minnesota Vikings. So I, I think that the, you can definitely tell where the fan voting has an impact on this, on this pro bowl. Yeah. You, and if you're listening to this, you can tell that Jordan and I are not biased at all when it comes to uh, our, our Pro Bowl uh, preferences. I mean, I, I will say with the uh, just the whole Christian Darisaw thing, um, you know, it doesn't necessarily obviously have weight on Pro Bowl voting and Pro Bowl worthiness because it's it's very much a snapshot of statistics and a performance and output and all these things which in the games in which Darisaw played, he was every bit deserving of making the Pro Bowl. He missed a few, so you can totally make the argument that you got to play more games, whatever. Christian Darisaw, though, I think, I mean, there's there's very, very good argument to be made that he is the Vikings' second best player. And um, obviously number one is number 18. And I think it's just to watch him go about his business. It's like, he's, it's like he's in varsity and he's playing against the ninth grade team. Yes. And some of these pass rushers, you know, Mark, Michael Parsons got a sack on him, maybe even two. Um, but that was also another concussion game for Derisaw. Um, he hardly let up any pressures. I, I can't even remember. I, I don't have his stats in front of me, but I, I don't, I can't hardly remember a sack that he allowed outside of that Parsons game. Um, he's throwing people around elite pass rushers around like they're rag dolls and he's not even flinching. It's like he, he gets out of his stance and just pushes the people on the ground. <laughs> it's, it's something that I have hardly ever seen before, um, outside of an offensive tackle. And yeah. it's, it's something to behold. And it's something that unless you really pay attention to, the team and the inner workings of the team and how football works. You probably don't even think about it very much because offensive line is a very boring position to analyze and to get excited about. But as you saw in the games last night, Joe Burrow did not have a ton of time to throw and he made mistakes. Patrick Mahomes had more time to throw and he made fewer mistakes. And that's obviously we can talk a whole lot about Mahomes versus Burrow who's better, but Offensive line play matters so much in this league. You need to be able to have offensive lines that can hold up to give their quarterbacks time and to give their running backs running lanes. And for most of the season, 
when Darisaw was healthy, healthy, he was ranking in the top few in the NFL in terms of run blocking from the offensive tackle, et cetera. So yeah. he's outstanding. He's another guy that the Vikings will need to pay in the upcoming years. Um, and give him whatever just, he wants. I'm going on the record just, now. <laughs> he's, he's an absolute freight train. And um, people have compared him to Trent Williams. It's enough said. He's a great player. Yep. Keep him around. Would have loved to see him in the Pro Bowl, but maybe this gives him a little chip on his shoulder for next year. His time is coming, and I do want to point out, like, I, I, I love your take of him being a fight train and him, like, just pushing people over, like, as soon as the ball snapped. But, like, that paints him in this light of being, like, sometimes whiffing and, like, someone hitting him. With, he's not. It's like he knows what move the pass rush was about to use. And I can't tell you how many times it looks like he is five steps ahead of a pass rusher. And then the pass rusher is left there and he's like looking back at Darisol and Darisol just pushes him down. And then he pushes him down. And he's like, I've beaten you. I've embarrassed you. I've put, I've done the equivalent of dunking on you in the NBA or hitting a sick crossover in the NBA. I'm going to push you over now and, and make you look like an idiot. And, and he just did it week yeah. in and week out. Um, so I'm excited for him and, and the long career I hope he has with the Vikings and I, the pro bowls are coming. I, the, the, I think the pro bowl is a, almost an insult to the quality of player. I think Darisol can be and will be because I think pro bowl is like, yeah, that should be an obvious one. The question is, you know, how much of a blowout is the all pro voting going to be? Yeah. So yeah. I think that's more where my focus is with Darisol in the future. It's, it's not even on that. And that's, yeah. that's super high praise. Um, this is kind of a random question for you, but is, was the TJ Hawkinson trade, would you do it over again? Would you keep the second round pick? Like knowing what we know happened with the C like, do you, would you still give up a second round pick for TJ Hawkinson? Yes. Yeah. I, because I TJ Hawkinson is young. He's still in his rookie contract. They're probably going to extend him. He will not get Justin Jefferson money. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> but he's he, – the and I, I am very much a cynic when it comes to the draft. And you will learn this about me the more we continue to do this offseason coverage because when I see the draft, I see 200-plus question marks. When I see a player like TJ Hawkinson, I see a former top 10 pick – proven commodity has produced with terrible quarterbacks and terrible situations. Um, I'm not calling Matthew Stafford terrible, but there were people that had to replace him when he was injured who are not very good at football. Um, are you insulting seen, the great David Blau? <laughs> <laughs> Never. Um, <laughs> former Viking David Blau. I, I've, I've, I've seen him produce and he did it again this year. I don't know where the Vikings would have been offensively without him, quite frankly down the stretch of the season, he was vital and he will continue to be vital. I mean, we spent so much time on the last episode talking about getting wide receiver help, that help and that need is even magnified if they don't have TJ Hawkinson. So I am very much a believer in the trade. Do you have any second guessing or misgivings about it now? No, I mean, I com we have completely different stances on the draft because I see, like, the way I look at the draft is I look I see a bunch of – I just see potential. I mean, I look at a – last season I looked at a quarterback out of Western Kentucky named Bailey Zappi, and I said, this guy's, like, the second-best quarterback in this draft, and it's not very close. Like, he's really good. And the Patriots took him, and then there was, like, a legitimate QB controversy. Like, I love it. I love it so much. You see it every year, all that stuff. It yeah. is – 
you're not going to find a TJ Hawkinson in the second round. You might. I mean, you might, but the odds are not very good. And I'm a gambler, and I love looking at odds, and I love long shots, but I would rather every time cash in a second-round pick for TJ Hawkinson than cash in a second-round pick for, like, and I'm about to go real deep draft talk on you, Dalton Kincaid out of, like, Utah or wherever he went to college. I, just, I know he, that guy, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's not – I don't think he's – you know, yeah, he might be really good. But we know TJ Hawkinson's really good. He's probably a top yep. five tight end in the NFL right now. And you got him for a second round pick. That's great value. If the Vikings don't make any moves, let's say they stick with like the five draft picks. In the second round, I will send out a tweet that says, remember the Vikings took TJ Hawkinson with their second round pick this season. And we just got him to contribute a year early. And next year is his rookie year with yeah. the Vikings, essentially. So sure. um, I, yeah. Yeah, I don't regret He's it at young. all. Yeah, he's young. He's still, and that's super cool. He's not like he's 32 or something. You know, he's mid-20s, still producing yep. at a high rate. Um, so, yeah. I I'm, think he just I'm fits the Vikings too. so well, too. Like, he's yes. such a minute. Like, I couldn't imagine. Like, I mean, I could, but, like, I couldn't imagine the Vikings having Travis Kelsey as their tight end because he's so, like, he's so brash and he's so, like, he's – I don't want to say this because it makes me sound like I'm being negative. I'm not. But, like – He's so like electric with the ball in his hands. It's like, that's not what we do here. We're at the tight end position, we draft Kyle Rudolph, an old gold domo, and we, we send him over the middle of the field and we let him bowling ball around. And, you know, like that's, that's he belongs. He's one of us. He's from Iowa, I think, or he was drafted out of yep. Iowa. Like, just, I, I love him. And I saw somebody on a, I think, I think, I, I don't want to name drop other shows, but like, I think it was on Purple Daily the other day, had a, color rush tj hawkinson jersey on and i i almost pulled the trigger and i was like i don't care if it's 150 bucks i want one on my back tomorrow and i i need to get on that but um i want a quick hot take quick hot quick hot take on that i think the vikings should wear the color rush jerseys primarily at home i I I love the color rush jerseys I 100% agree with you, and I, I think that the Vikings need to get a secondary helmet, but I've yet to see an edit of a helmet that I was like, I like that one. So maybe the Wilfs and the Vikings uniform people are on the right idea of like, we're not going to mess up a good thing. Maybe just bring back like the 98 helmets and do like some throwback type unit. I don't know. I don't know. I'm speculating now, but um, I do want to throw some things out here. Um, Andrew DePaula who I think one of, not one of your infamous takes, but one of your takes this season that was incorrect, one of the few, was you were afraid that switching to uh, Ryan Wright was going to be a bad mm-hmm. thing because of... Take an L on that one. Yeah, because of his his ability to hold the ball on field goals. And don't get me wrong, our field goals sucked this season. Wasn't a fun season for Vikings kickers. Tell me if you've heard that one before. Um, but Andrew DePaula does make a Pro Bowl. He was a good long snapper. You can't blame any of the misses on the long snapper or the holdo. Seemed like it was all the kicker. So Andrew DePaula going to the Pro Bowl. I don't have a ton of hot takes about the long snapper <laughs> position, unfortunately. But you're not, I, you're not grinding tape out. on on, uh, on uh, no, long not, snappers. Not. <laughs> the best long snapper play of all time was when I don't remember. I think it was like Joe Tessitel's kid. Like, he was a long snapper at, like, Boston College. It was somebody on ESPN. His kid was, like, a long snapper. And he uh, – my dog's going crazy in the background. Excuse her. But um, his kid was on there, and they let his dad call his long snap. And he was like, look at him. Put the hold down. If you get a chance, look it up. I think it was Tessa Toe. But um, Daniil Hunter, he's a pro bowler. He's an alternate pro bowler. So, you know, he just got in recently. Um 
how good of a season? Like, it, it, I want you to give him a grade this season. Like, you know, obviously, like A plus to F minus. Um, what what grade would you give Daniil this season? Well, I think um, I think he had a very good year. Um, I think him staying healthy for seventeen games is a massive win. He has been someone who's been injured a lot on and off. He missed, I think, the entire twenty twenty season, correct? And then about two thirds of last season. So yeah. to play an entire season healthy and really not miss too many snaps, um, that's huge. He was, his health was able to provide some stability. I have a hard time praising our defense for much though. Um, you know, I, I wanted to ask you after this, if you had any uh, pro bowl snubs on the defense, you can try and cook some up in your brain. If you have any, any space in there Absolutely. for them. Um, but I think his, his sort of steady, production. Um, I would have liked to see more pressure on the quarterback, but at the same time, he was one of the league's best in pressure rate. I believe uh, I could be wrong on that specific one. Was it pressure rate or QB hits? I thought he, it was, he was up there. Maybe it was pressure. Either way, those two stats mean similar things. You're getting to the quarterback and making him making him make a quick decision. So he was, he was effective. Um, yeah, I thought I thought he had a good season. Um, obviously, when you have a pass rusher, you obviously want to see him rack up, you know, TJ Watt numbers. But I don't think you really you can really complain about the season that Daniil Hunter had, you know, regardless of uh, of what fans might say. But I, I thought he had a good year. Yeah. Um, so follow up question. And I do have I have two names that I think maybe should have gotten some Pro Bowl love this season uh, on the Vikings defense but understand why they did. I understand why they didn't. Um, would you trade Daniel Hunter? Like, is there, is there a realistic asking price? Cause I think there is a realistic asking price for Daniel Hunter, especially because he might not play next season. Cause his contract is like not guaranteed at all. It's all incentives. Like he, he's probably looking at an extension or a trade soon. And so I would, would you do it? Would, would you, would you trade him if a first round pick was waived under your nose? Yes, I would. I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't look to extend Daniil Hunter long term. All the things I just said are true. He had a good year. He's super talented. He's built like a truck. <laughs> um, he's a freaking. He's from agent. LSU. Yeah, LSU. You know, football factory. But I just I have too many concerns and question marks about his health. I just. If you're going to pay somebody, you know, long-term money, they have to be on the field. And if you get a defensive coordinator who's just, frankly, better than what we had, and, you know, Brian Flores was a coach that brought, brought blitzes, brought pressure in Miami, he's someone that, you know, maybe you don't need top-tier defensive defensive ends or edge or whatever you want to call them. Um so maybe you don't need to Neil Hunter. You can get cheaper in the draft. Um, so I would, if, if the right trade was there, I would, I would trade him. I agree with you. Um, I won't spend like a ton of time answering my question, but I, I, I would trade him. I, he's had health problems and on the flip side, and this breaks my heart cause I love Daniel Hunto, but health problems and then stack that on top of, it felt like he really only played like half of a good season. Um, it felt like him and Zadarius kind of like Zadarius had the really good first half and then Daniil had a good second half. 
and we kind of needed him to both be on at the same time. And like, so I'm mad at Daniil for not being on in that first, you know, stretch of eight or nine games. And I'm mad at Zadarius for not being on during that second stretch. So if both of them were off the team and the Vikings decided to make Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith an unfortunate sacrifice of the youth speed movement, I would, I would not be upset at all, especially if you can get draft capital for Daniil. I think that that's, that's just too too promising for me. Um, I think last guy on the list, I, I, we didn't really talk about Dalvin. We kind of talked about JJ, though. So maybe we just talk about Dalvin Cook. We, we covered him in the video last week. Um, by the way, my Pro Bowl snubs for the defense, well, it was Duke Shelley. Surprise, surprise. And legitimately... Patrick Peterson, I think, actually kind of played well enough that you could maybe throw him in there, especially since it's kind of a popularity contest. Like, yeah. you know, he's he's a name for show. Like, he, his name carries some weight. So, um, moving into Dalvin Cook, and I think this will be the last guy that we talk about. Um, and then any snubs that we might have, we might throw in. But um, Dalvin, I thought, played really well this season. And I think he had uh, two or three explosive plays in some key moments that – I don't think we win if we don't have Dalvin Cook in the game. And no. um, that's a testament because I was going into the – I've been on the, you know, let's move on from Dalvin train for yeah. two years now. And I thought he played really well this season, but I'm still on the let's move on from Dalvin train. So um, what do you think of Cook um, this season? And, you know, do you think the Pro Bowl's dissolved? I think you can you can say both things at once. I think you can say that he had a good season. I think you can also say that there were signs from this season that tell me that we should move on from him next season. I think it's totally reasonable to have both takes, and I don't think you have to be feeling like you're talking about both sides of your mouth Um, because I feel the same way. I think Alexander Madison, like I've talked about, provided a punch that Delvin Cook did not. But you don't win the Indianapolis game without Delvin Cook. You don't – you might not – you probably don't win the Buffalo game without Delvin cook and that just injection of life that he gave the Vikings offense with his 81 yard touchdown. He effectively sealed the game in Miami with his um, long touchdown near midfield. Um, The one handed catch in the back of the end zone against Washington got the Vikings to a tie in that game. He made some big, big plays and you know, you'll see all the advanced metrics of he was, you know, 200 yards less than his his expected um, rush yards and some of the things where he struggled, you know, after contact or whatever it may be. That's fine. Um, he's not who he used to be. He's definitely not worth the money that we're paying him um, moving forward. And I think you can say that and you can also say at the same time that he made plays for a Vikings offense that strangely at times had lulls and woke them up. And if you want to talk about highlight reels, you want to talk about popularity contests, you want to talk about, you know, all-star game like content, Dalvin Cook provides the highlights. I mean, the 64-yard screen pass against the Colts to tie the game, I don't know how many times I've watched that over again to see the blocks that were set up, to see the way he zigged and zagged through the defense. Um, He's still got the shake. He's still got the wiggle. He's still got the speed. People talked about him being slow. He didn't, he's not slow. (laughs) He reached, I think 21, 21 point something percent on that touchdown run um, either against Buffalo or Miami. He's, he's still got wheels. He had a good year. Um, 
you know, maybe not as good as he's being paid, but that's not what the Pro Bowl is about. You're not paying people or you're not electing people to the Pro Bowl based on their value per dollar. Yeah. So it's deserved. I think he had a great year. Very important for a Vikings offense that, you know, at times sputtered, but was able to kind of carry the team. Yeah. Um, I think that I, I agree with everything that you said. I still think that it's time to move in a different direction, but you know, you can get our thoughts on the running back room and other off season moves that were, that were needed. Um, in Tuesday's video um, that came out a couple days ago. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, by the way, while you're, while you're here, like it, all that kind of stuff. Um, I'll let you get final thoughts in, and then I'll kind of take us out. Um, you had the honor of taking us out on Tuesday, so I'll, I'll do it tonight or today, and then uh, we'll, we'll be done. Awesome. Um, I'm trying to see if there's anybody that we forgot to talk about with the Pro Bowl. Um the last thing I'll say on the Pro Bowl, not even really related to any specific player, but I think the the new format, if you're not aware, it's going to be fun. They're doing a lot of skills competitions and things like that, similar to how the you know NBA All-Star Game and NHL All-Star Game are doing now. Um, they've, the NFL has started to do that in years past, but I think it's becoming a bigger part of the weekend now. And... <clears throat> Fans might not care about it. I know a lot of fans don't really care about the Pro Bowl. I personally don't care a ton about it. I probably won't even watch it. However, I think the players care. I think the players care about the, you know, the nomination. They care about the accolade. They care about the recognition. Um, I mean, just think about it. This stuff's important to them. If you're up for an award at work and they give it to somebody else, it might sting a little bit. So, you know, if you feel like you've put in the work, you want to get recognized, especially for the guys who are in contract years or looking for, you know, Hall of Fame candidacy. These Pro Bowl things matter, whether it's good or not. So hats off to the seven Vikings who are in. Um, it's a resume booster, um, and I hope they have a ton of fun, and there's no weird injuries. <laughs> yeah, um, and I will end us by just saying, you know, follow the show on Twitter at LTV Vikings. Check out the Bad Loser blog and follow Will at Will Bad Lose. Um, check out vikingsterritory.com and I'll end this episode uh, with a gesture of good faith and a very stupid gag that I just thought of with one of my desk accessories but Will, after an amazing season I know we said we were on to the 2023 season one last bit of the 2022 season here um, I would like to nominate you to the Load the Box Pro Bowl you're the one of one candidate and your world is this little Viking helmet that it, it covers up I have a microphone in it right Right now and the green screen doesn't really want to show it but it's supposed to it's for christmas lights you put christmas lights in it so it's very cute that means a lot yeah absolutely so uh tune in next week we'll be back and uh as always i'll leave you with a uh, skull y'all <laughs>